From the Annals of Thoracic Surgery and the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, welcome to Beyond the Abstract, part of the Society of Thoracic Surgeons Surgical Hot Topics series. I'm Tom Varghese, a thoracic surgeon and deputy editor of Digital Media and Digital Scholarship for the Annals. This is a podcast all about the why behind the articles and the issues in cardiothoracic surgery and healthcare, and what are the planned next steps from authors and thought leaders in the field. We're glad that you are here. If you enjoy our program, please rate our podcast on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Your feedback is appreciated. Please remember, the opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the individuals and not necessarily of SDS. Social media has become an inescapable part of academic life. It has the power to connect authors to a global audience and opportunities to network in your discipline and beyond. Randomized control trials, or RCTs, are prospective studies that measure the effectiveness of a new intervention. Although no study on its own is likely to prove causality, randomization reduces bias and provides a rigorous toll to examine cause-effect relationships between an intervention and an outcome. What happens when you combine the power of social media as an intervention in the framework of an RCT? In today's episode of Beyond the Abstract, we speak with first author Dr. Jessica Luke, a cardiothoracic surgery trainee at the University of British Columbia, and senior author Dr. Mara Antonoff, an associate professor of surgery at MD Anderson Cancer Center, about their recent article, Does Tweeting Improve Citations? One-Year Results from the TSSMN Prospective Randomized Trial. We also speak to Dr. Jason Hahn, a cardiothoracic surgery trainee at University of Pennsylvania, who also happens to be a columnist for the Philly Inquirer, who wrote the accompanying editorial entitled, To Tweet or Not to Tweet, No Longer the Question. We discuss both where we are with social media, as well as where we need to go. Join us as we go beyond the abstract. We are incredibly honored today to meet some leading lights in our field. Uh, and it's really on this novel concept of social media. Uh, we all know that social media is not just a shiny new toy, it's here to say. And uh, we're going to be talking today about an amazing clinical trial that was led by the senior author of the study, Dr. Mara Antonoff. And uh, we're going to be engaging with uh, a couple of uh, uh, other leading lights in our field, Dr. Jessica Luke, as well as Dr. Jason Han. The, the, the article is, Does Tweeting Improve Citations? One-year results from the TSSMN Prospective Randomized Trial. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, engage w with our content experts. Uh, I, I would love for all of you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, and We'll start with Dr. Jessica Luke. Uh, Jessica? Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here today. My name is Jessica Luke, and I'm a second-year cardiovascular surgery resident from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. I'm also a TSSMN, or Thoracic Surgery Social Media Network uh, delegate. Beautiful. Uh, thanks, Jessica. Dr. Antonoff, if you can uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, my name is Mara Antonoff. I'm a general thoracic surgeon at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Um, I also... Uh, I am a delegate from the Thoracic Surgery Social Media Network, and I am very delighted to have been one of the founding members who helped uh, create this endeavor. Beautiful. And we'll finally end with uh, Dr. Jason Hahn. Uh, Jason? Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm one of the cardiothoracic surgery residents in the integrated program at the University of Pennsylvania. I also write a column for the healthcare section of the Philadelphia Inquirer newspaper. 
And uh, my colleagues and I are on a Twitter account called Aspiring CT Surgeons. Um, thanks for having me here. Thanks so much. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's dive into our topic today. Uh, Dr. Antonoff, um, we've heard a lot of good things and bad things about social media. Uh, as the senior author on the project, uh, what was your overall goal for this current randomized clinical trial where the, the manuscript that's about to be released actually reflects the long-term results, uh, or in other words, the second part of the overall project. Uh, your thoughts on the project and where it started from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as we're aware, surgeons are becoming increasingly comfortable with social media, but they're not necessarily sold on the benefits. And um, while they seem to understand with increasing frequency that social media is a safe place to share one's ideas with increasing privacy options and whatnot, it's not clear that surgeons really thoroughly believe that it's worth their time and commitment. And so um, taking a step back and talking about the Thoracic Surgery Social Media Network, I had the idea for the TSSMN in 2015. And after speaking with doctors Weisel and Patterson, who were incredibly supportive, we took this on as a collaborative effort between the Annals of Thoracic Surgery and the Journal of um, Thoracic and Cardiovascular Surgery as a means of bringing social media attention to key publications from both journals to highlight the accomplishments in cardiothoracic surgery. But, you know, as I've stated, a lot of surgeons and um, even academic surgeons, um, those who are publishing the papers, still don't necessarily understand the importance or believe that it's worth their time to get on social media to discuss these papers. And um, in principle, it's plausible that increased social media exposure for articles could translate into increased article dissemination and usage, which would ultimately warrant um, a lot of these efforts from the journal to uh, drive social media activity. But again, concrete data to support those types of social media efforts have, have really been lacking. There had been some other authors who'd previously shown association between tweet activity and citations, but they tended to be retrospective reviews. And it was unclear if those inherent qualities of the manuscripts themselves were both simultaneously driving the tweet activity and leading to the enhanced subsequent citations, which would mean that the Twitter activity didn't actually help with citations at all, rather just that there were innate qualities of those manuscripts that garnered attention both um, from the, the subsequent uh, papers that cited them as well as from individuals on social media. So we really wanted to have an idea to show prospectively that tweeting would later um, result in uh, increased citations of these articles. So that's when uh, Dr. Luke and I got to talking and we were thinking about ways to really demonstrate this in a prospective randomized fashion. And so the paper that you're referring to is the second, um, second article in a series of two. We initially evaluated a shorter term impact of tweeting articles prospectively. And this is the one year follow-up, which um, I'm excited for people to get onto the journal, look at the website and um, read the article itself, download it and you'll get to see really the impact at one year is, is remarkable. It's really exciting for us to show with a, a prospective effort that um, there's a rise in uh, ultimate citations even a year later, um, even when compared to very similar articles and when the uh, articles were uh, selected prospectively. So I, I think the, the results are uh, really fantastic. Um, we didn't know what we were going to find when we embarked upon this project. But I, I think uh, our intent, uh, which I believe was successful, is ultimately to prove to surgeons and surgeon academicians that um, the efforts put in to social media dissemination uh, really can uh, play out in the long term. 
And for the listeners out there, full disclosure, um, I'm also a delegate for TSSMN and had the privilege of working with uh, Dr. Antonoff uh, on this particular project. But personally for me, I thought the brilliance was using the rigorous methodology of a randomized clinical trial and prospective uh, cohorts, you know, study, uh, but at the same time, incorporating in this novel piece of uh, social media. Uh, and so kudos to you, uh, Mara. I mean, that's, that's it's incredible, uh, the amount of work that this is re- reflecting. Uh, but of course, I, I'm a fan, so <laughs> I'll just throw that out there and <laughs> see what people say. Um, uh, let me pivot to um, uh, Dr. Jessica Luke. Uh, uh, Jessica, wh- what would you say with, the, you know, uh, Dr. Antonoff's, you know, overall, you know, this is the reason why they did this study. From your perspective, what are the main take-home points that you learned through the project? I, I know that Mara mentioned a couple, but uh, from your perspective, what would you, how would you answer that? From my perspective, I, the, take home, the main take-home points uh, from this project is that this is the first time that we've been able to show in, in a rigorous, prospective, randomized fashion on an intention-to-tweet analysis that tweeting is able to significantly improve what we call article-level metrics, which are alt metrics, um, which is an emerging online measure of uh, citations in the social media realm. We can show that article-level metric percentiles were much higher in those that were tweeted, which is expected. And the most surprising finding and the most important one is that this led to a much greater change in citations at one year of follow-up. We show that articles that were tweeted demonstrated approximately three times the number of citations compared to those that were not, and this was significantly uh, different. Furthermore, on multivariable analysis, we also looked at independent predictors of citation, uh, and we found that open access status and overall exposure to a larger number of Twitter followers as quantified by impressions uh, were associated with citations. So I think that taking it home, Regardless of the modality for dissemination, our study demonstrates that greater public accessibility for a public and scientific readership of scientific articles can contribute to higher citations and usage. And beyond the immediate findings of our study, our research demonstrates the potential of social media collaboratives, such as the Thoracic Surgery Social Media Network created by Dr. Antonoff that when formed in partnership with journals, such as the Annals of Thoracic Surgery and the Journal of Thoracic and Cardiovascular Surgery, that these can become powerful forces in bridging scholarship in social media and effectively to colleagues within as well as outside of our specialty, as well as patients and the public. This study attests that, and through its design involving delegates of this social media network with a followership of over 54,000 individuals now, um, that the impact of their tweeting activity can extend the impact of published articles and ultimately journal citations. Great points that you, you highlighted as well. Um, uh, let me ask uh, uh, Dr. Jason Hahn. Uh, Jason, um, you have a very unique vantage point because not only are you, uh, you know, obviously a surgeon, but uh, you also work as a columnist for the, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, and, of course, you were the author of the editorial that's affiliated to this manuscript and discussion. Um, from your 30,000-foot view, um, where do you see the role of social media in the academic publishing process? 
Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, one of the reasons why the findings of this study was so fascinating to me is because when I was, you know, spending a couple of years writing this, writing a column for Philadelphia, I, I realized that it's important to understand your audience, and that's measured by being able to match up the wavelength of what you're thinking and what's important to you with the perceptions of the public and and what what drives their attention. And understanding that takes certain different types of iterations, and finding the message can make whatever you do more impactful. When I saw this study, a lot of people often sort of equate uh, a lot of tweets out there or different content in social media in general as, as noise. You know, there's a lot of it out there. It's hard to filter quality and et cetera. But what this kind of demonstrates is that it actually grabs people's attention to topics that you want to bring people's attention to. And it's reflected in the citation metrics and the alt metrics down the road. It's longitudinal in nature and, and it's following. And, and that's really impactful because what you're proving for the first time uh, is that uh, ideas and, and, and even in the world of academic surgery, it can spread much like goods in a free market. You know, it's much like how globalization of markets affects, you know, different goods flowing into different areas of the world much more organically, more in a multidisciplinary manner and, 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 and is able to create pathways that weren't there before. In this way, academic paths were created, new collaborations were formed, and different citations, which demonstrates that it has grabbed people's attention, which is one of the most valuable commodities I think I think that is out there, was demonstrated here. And, and from that perspective, I think social media has proven to be something that is worth spending uh, your time and effort in getting to understand and becoming a part of. Uh, that, that's amazing, and, and no, thank you for those comments, uh, Doctor, Dr. Antonoff. Um, where do we go from here? Uh, do you think we have enough evidence uh, to advocate for significant changes uh, in the world of uh, academia? Uh, you know, such as Jason mentioned that you know social media essentially is an essential skill set, or do you think that we still need to do more work uh, on this topic? Um, you know, absolutely. I think we need to recognize that social media is something that we need to add to our armamentarium in terms of our, our ability to disseminate articles and achieve post-publication ongoing peer review. Um, and the idea of disseminating articles and having them get more attention is not new. I mean, we know that for um, specific articles of this um, societies and journals do press releases and other forms of sharing our work. And articles that are showcased, for example, on the journal webpage or that are um, featured articles that come out in email announcements from the journals will also get more views. So the idea of uh, giving additional attention to specific articles isn't new. It's just that social media is another skill to add to the toolbox. And certainly as an academician myself, I know that when I see and remember an article, I'm more likely to consider it when I go to write my own papers. And so the idea of sharing our work and disseminating key articles, again, this isn't totally novel, but the impact of social media is different as highlighted by Dr. Han Anyone can tweet and publicize articles that are of interest to them, and it's more organic, it's more multidisciplinary, and it flows in a new manner. So I, I do believe that social media as a means of discussing articles and promoting key articles and those that are of interest really is here to stay. Um, aside from so many other benefits of social media that we talk about as surgeons, you know, in terms of um, communication with patients, public education, advocacy, um, collaborating on uh, interesting works across different specialties, this is really an important way that we can participate in um, post-publication peer review and ensure that articles that are of interest to everyone are remembered and cited. And it's, it's really an outstanding way 
that we as readers and um, scientists and clinicians can bring uh, attention to the articles that we think are most important. So I do believe we have plenty of evidence at this point. Um, whether I think further work is necessary, I won't say further work is necessary in order to get people on social media, but I can promise you that it's highly likely that first, further work uh, will be forthcoming at some point from this group. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Dr. Luke, um, as someone who's early in their career, uh, and uh, you had the privilege of interacting with many generations of surgeons uh, on this and other social media projects, are you still seeing pushback on uh, efforts uh, uh, or projects uh, on the role of social media? Thank you for this question, Dr. Varghese. I, I have personally pushed back on social media, and telling you a personal story, I I, my, my journey to social media was certainly not a straight one. I initially joined um, social media and became quite fearful of potential repercussions, uh, wrong moves, saying the wrong thing, and its potential effect on one's career as a very early trainee back in the days. And I think my fears are not unfounded, given that previously, Surveys based on studies of physician social media use has categorized common challenges experienced by physicians into six, approximately six uh, concerns, which include uh, concerns of confidentiality, confidentiality ethics, uh, lack of active participation, trust, um, time commitment, uh, acceptance and support by the community, um, and information anarchy. And I initially joined social media many years before I actually became active on it. And I started becoming active on social media after I met Dr. Mara Antonoff um, as my woman in thoracic surgery uh, scholarship mentor. And she had introduced me to Twitter and social media. And since then, I have not looked back since. I think that um, my concerns uh, and the concerns of many other physicians in the realm of social media are valid and merit appropriate consideration. And in response to this, uh, the Society of Thoracic Surgeons and the American Association for Thoracic Surgery have put out joint endeavors to establish ethical standards for cardiothoracic surgeons' use of social media, which are incredibly important and impactful. And I would encourage all our readership and listenership to uh, take a look at those. Furthermore, uh, there are lots of tips for cardiothoracic surgeon and trainee best practices in the use of social media, which have been published by Dr. Antonoff as well, um, which in summary include uh, recognizing the permanence of one's social media footprint, extending your traditional expectations of professionalism to online behavior as well and engagement, and being aware with the social media policies of your institutions. I think ultimately social media can be a powerful tool, as we can see with this study, but it must also be used correctly. Uh, benefits of social media, since I've been, uh, since I've found uh, since joining social media, has been that it has truly revolutionized the ways in which um, myself and many others communicate, which truly transcends time zones, geographic boundaries, and enable rapid dissemination of information worldwide. Um, benefits that I found personally was that I was able to learn from others, was able to uh, learn, uh, benefit from shared educational curricula. We can engage in networking, mentorship, and sponsorship, which the previously demonstrated has unique benefits for women in thoracic surgery, for example, who may lack exposure to women in their own institutions. 
for mentorship. You can build your support network, you can promote and critique scholarly work, create your own persona online, correct misinformation, which is an increasingly rising issue in the realm of COVID-19. Um, you can educate the public, can learn from patients, interact with policymakers, media, and it truly gives you a voice beyond the OR and clinic to advocate for issues that matter. For example, we've seen time and time again that uh, with hashtag I look like a surgeon, for example, has been able to raise awareness for women in surgery, changing perceptions and practice. We have seen more recently with COVID-19 of hashtag get me PPE. Social media uh, is truly a powerful way to be able to put one's agenda on the table of those who can help move that dial forward. and. In the setting of COVID-19 with the hashtag GetMePPE was able to bring attention to the issues that physicians are facing in their own institutions. Ultimately, I think uh, social media is an alternative way for us to communicate and promotes greater connectivity and those who are not part of social media risk becoming left out of that conversation. I love the way that you framed it. So there's a lot of benefits, but obviously... Um, we, we have to be careful. Um, uh, sadly, the thing that's going through my mind right now is the, the words of that eminent scholar, Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, but uh, yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't think that would be coming to mind as I listened to your comments uh, as well. But no, thank you, Jessica, for that. Uh, Dr. Hahn, um, I wanted to read a couple sentences from your uh, editorial before I um, go into your question. So in the editorial you wrote, uh, traditional methods in print media have given way to more dynamic utilization of multimedia, which can now easily be rapidly disseminated across powerful social pl platforms with a single click. Exchange and storage of information no longer rely on physical presence. So the question that I have is um, specifically with the current coronavirus pandemic, uh, it's really highlighted this gap between the world of science uh, and the world of communication efforts to the public. Do you have any tips uh, for how physicians can work collaboratively to ensure uh, effective communication to science? Yeah, I mean, this is a terrific example. And, uh, and this conversation is so timely because the coronavirus pandemic has highlighted, highlighted exactly that gap. And uh, in a way, you can see that the gap has been growing for a long period of time and has particularly become salient to all of us in practice because now we're encountering it more, more in depth. Um, as, as medicine has grown more advanced over time, as surgical techniques have grown more advanced, we have not necessarily, I think, kept up with the way that we communicate to the public about the important points, the facts. Uh, we, have, we have not been good about breaking down jargons, and we have certainly not been able to communicate as openly about some of the other gray areas of communication that come with advances in sciences. So the COVID-19 pandemic has revealed a lot of that to us. And it has also served as a powerful crucible, I think, in some ways, for the virtual transformation of some of the medical fields. You know, how many surgeons and physicians do you know uh, during this time period who have opened up Twitter accounts or Facebook accounts for the first time? I, I can count, you know, more than one in my mind just, just off the top of my head. Um, some of the things that I think that will benefit physicians and, and surgeons in our specialty going forward as they deal with social media and think about communication is that just by being a part of the conversation, I think you become more familiar with the way that people think about current issues or what their current concerns are about the environment, the setting of the COVID pandemic, and et cetera. I mean, so for example, how many decisions that patients make 
with their doctors have been affected by the current environment. So are, are people delaying care of certain conditions that we would never have waited on before because of the fear of the pandemic? How much has the psychology and the forces that drive our behavior uh, affected the way that we practice you know, our, our surgical careers? In, in that way, the conversations that give us a earpiece into what is on people's minds, particularly their fears, can be you know, directly addressed by good efforts on, on parts of surgeons and other physicians that want to help you know, mitigate those fears or clarify those misinformations. Um, in some ways, what you, the quote that you mentioned from Spider-Man is, is very salient because the responsibility of, uh, that, that comes with the power of social media is going to be, uh, is, is going to be something that we have to hold on to. Because if we don't hold on to it, then, then it'll still exist outside of our own narrative. We'll just simply lose control of it. Instead, we're given this option today of you know, jumping into this world of social media and, and the world of communications at large and saying that you know, we want to help physicians and patients you know, generate their own narratives regarding this COVID pandemic and the care of these diseases. And we don't simply want to leave that to chance. So I think this is a really salient example in the context of this manuscript that we're discussing. No, thank you for those comments, and uh, no, I, I think you really highlighted uh, a, a lot of important issues. Uh, honestly, I, we could be talking all day <laughs> about different aspects, uh, but I, I also want to be respectful to your time as well as to the time of our listeners. Uh, some final words of advice, uh, you know, reflecting on this project, reflecting on the world of social media, uh, what would you say to our listeners? Uh, let's start with uh, Dr. Jessica Luke. Uh, Jessica, what, what would you say to our listeners? I would say to your listeners that publishing a manuscript now is only part of that story. Disseminating it on social media uh, could become the next standard of care and publishing, part of, part of the responsibility of publishing it is also to ensure that its impact is being uh, reached. So I would encourage everyone to tweet, to disseminate by social media your scholarly activity and to also give your readers perspective as to what your findings mean in different contexts. Furthermore, I would also encourage everyone to start building your digital portfolios, which would include um, your social media activities, um, as well as like these could include um, tweet chats, could include live tweeting meetings, could include podcasts, such as the ones that we're doing now. Um, and it is ultimately a way for um, post-publication commentary. Uh, furthermore, uh, take, uh, my take-home point for everyone would be you are part of a bigger effort. You are a member of this society, and this includes cardiothoracic surgery, but also social media and the global community. Social media is here to stay, and it is a powerful force that levels the playing field and gives us all a voice. We can choose how we want to use their voice, and it gives you the chance to define yourself, your specialty, and what you want to say. So I encourage everyone to join social media and become part of that conversation. Thank you for that. Uh, from the brainchild of uh, not only this project, but the entire concept of uh, the Thoracic Surgery Social Media Network, uh, Dr. Antonoff, any final words of advice? Um, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would certainly echo Dr. Dr. Luke's uh, comment that um, it, publishing the paper is only the first step. I would encourage individuals to disseminate their own work and disseminate the work of others, which, which they believe holds value and merit so that we can ensure that going forward for 
subsequent studies, subsequent papers, that our literature of our specialty continues to evolve and to cite the best works in, in our discussions and that we use um, the best uh, existing literature as the foundation for subsequent research. And moreover, as we've all talked about, that our audience on social media consists not only of surgeons and um, scholars, but it consists of the public. And in as much as we know that there are uh, false stories and inappropriate um, medical uh, suggestions that are being shared throughout social media, the onus is on us as clinicians who have the facts, who know the truth, who are the experts in our field to make sure that we are doing the best we can to publicize the best work, the accurate work, and to make sure that patients out there who have diseases of the chest have the ability to easily find the papers that describe um, the best results for the research that we're doing. So I really think the onus is on us, not only to ensure that we are um, setting the foundation for future research with the best work that exists, but also making sure we're disseminating the most accurate information to our patients and their family members and the public at large. No, that's beautiful. And uh, finally, uh, from uh, Dr. Jason Hahn. Uh, Jason, as somebody who bridges both uh, our traditional healthcare world as well as uh, uh, the media, um, any final words of advice uh, to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I would encourage people to be more reflective about how they consume information and how they communicate information. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an all or none commitment up front. The idea of becoming a member of the social media uh, or, or being a communicator in general, I think, is, is an experimental and sort of a growth process. And I think it's actually kind of fun for people to kind of hop into that world and see what they sound like, what resonates with the public. And uh, from that process, grow as an individual in learning to, you know, highlight certain aspects of your career that are important to you and will be important to your patients. And if you treat it that way, as something that you grow along with through experimentation, through finding your own voice, and it becomes a lot more enjoyable than simply looking at it as committing to a certain new domain. Uh, and I think that kind of uh, carefree spirit about approaching something, a fun spirit, is, is something that's needed in social media as physicians turn to it in the future. Oh, th thank you uh, for for that comment, and uh, thank you to our three superstars uh, for taking the time uh, today to discuss uh, not only the current project, but how it fits uh, into our global world. Uh, I, I think that it goes without question that I, I look forward to connecting with uh, the three of you again on future projects and hopefully another episode of Beyond the Abstract. Thank you all. Join us next time as we continue to explore and debate issues beyond the abstract, part of the Surgical Hot Topic series. You can connect with the Annals of Thoracic Surgery online at annalsthoracicsurgery.org or on Twitter at Annals Thor Surge.